imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Her Ship Global Podcast. And with me, we have a really special guest, Jacqueline Way. She is the founder of 365 Give and a dedicated world changer. I can't wait to dive into today's topic, which is how to bring happiness to the table from the boardroom to the dining room. Jacqueline is going to tell us about the importance of happiness and how to bring happiness in all aspects of your life. And you know, as we think about this, one of the most underrated life achievements is actually happiness. We strive for what's perceived as success, both personally and professionally, but just focusing on some of the elusive ideals around success, what success means and what it is, can actually lead to burnout, stress, illness. And we often sacrifice our own well being and mental health to achieve some perceived level of success. Well, today you are invited to listen in as Jacqueline Way, founder of 365 Give and a dedicated world changer, explains how to make happiness your top priority from the boardroom table to the dining room table and create a truly successful and rewarding life. You'll be able to learn about how our brains and bodies work when we make happiness a top priority and how that helps to increase productivity, creativity, and life longevity. Today, you're going to learn about the importance of how to build happiness and well-being in your life and how to bring it to your business, to your employees, and importantly, to your family. Jacqueline will explain how the simple act of making happiness a priority can actually impact your business financially and how it can carry through to your lives at home to help your children. So I can't imagine a more timely and important conversation today. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Jacqueline. As I noted, Jacqueline is a dedicated world changer. Her sole purpose is to inspire and educate the hearts and minds of people globally to create a happy, meaningful life. She expresses her purpose through her charitable organization, 365 Give, which was created inspired by her son with a very simple vision to change the world one give one day at a time. She is a world-renowned keynote speaker with one of the most watched TEDx talks of all time, How to Be Happy Every Single Day. It will change the world. And every day, she is committed to living her highest expression of who she is as a human being through her work and by touching the lives of others. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, we are so happy to have you with us today on the Leadership Global Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Jacqueline. And to begin with, tell us a little bit about your journey. What's led you to have such passion around making happiness a priority, which led to the creation of 365 Gift? 
Absolutely. Well, it, it's actually interesting because it's almost the other way around. Um, you know, many of your listeners and viewers out there are parents. Um, and even if you're not a parent, you may be an aunt. Um, you know, you, you are an older sister of somebody that's younger. And it was really for me, motherhood, that put me on this path because uh, as a, I'm actually an adoptive mother. And um, one of the things that I realized in my world that the most important priority to me and bringing a little person into my world and my family was to help them grow to be a happy, compassionate, kind human being. I thought if there was something I could do for the world, it would be that. And through my journey, I realized, uh, and especially with children, and when you, when you look around the world these days and you see what, what's happening, uh, depending on where you live in the world, it, it's a tough place for children to, to grow up in and not be exposed to the everyday stresses that we are all exposed to right now. So that was really where this started from. And so I, I started a really simple parenting journey with my son. And we decided we were going to do one thing to give back to the world every day for three, 365 days. The reason it is called 365 Give. And everything that we did had to be so simple, a three-year-old could do it. And what I realized along our journey is that we were making giving possible for everyone. Didn't matter what your age was, what your race, where you lived in the world. It wasn't about giving money. It was about getting your hands in the clay and getting out there and giving. And so we integrated this into our day every day. And it became a habit the same way you might exercise. You might be on a diet, whatever your habits are in your world. It became our daily habit. And that's where our journey really took us to understanding how giving makes us happy. And and it was beautiful to watch because when you see a three-year-old's face light up and understand that they're making that connection unconsciously and consciously that what we were doing throughout our community, recycling, picking up garbage, going and volunteering our time with the cats down at our local SBCA, whatever that was, you could see it internalizing with him, which was the real gift. And it started me on my own understanding of happiness and well-being. And that little journey has taken us globally, as you graciously um, had talked about uh, through our initiatives, because we had turned our program into a school-based program. So a social emotional learning tool for teachers to help teach um, emotional understanding, regulation, and really happiness in the classroom and integrating into, into all that they do. And that's where we really saw the children and where we saw the kids empowered in their learning. We saw their productivity going up. So it wasn't really through businesses that it started, but the learning started there because when you watch the children, how much they grow, how much they learn, how happy they are, how engaged they are, um, you can literally see their school marks go up. They want to be at school. They're engaged with their learning. And it really grew from that standpoint um, that we learned so much about what everyone else in the world is looking for. And that is the name of my TED talk, how to be happy every day. And that I didn't choose that talk specifically to be the happiness guru or anything else. But what we realized is when that TED talk went out is the amount of people that are searching for happiness. And what I realized is they were coming to us for the answers. And so I had to go to work and I had to learn about happiness at such a deep level and how giving connects to our happiness and our well-being, both physically and mentally. 
And that's put me where I am today to really have these deep, deeper conversations with people. So they start to understand people talk about well-being all the time. And if you actually search what those pillars are of well-being, you're going to find a lot of different definitions. And so starting to teach and educate people around physical and emotional well-being, how we can increase our mental and physical regulation and how giving actually brings its purpose and meaning to our world. You know, that's the journey that I am on along with 365 Give because we know that when we teach giving, corporate social responsibility, we can help not only change the world, obviously, and create a great great impact in the world, but we can help and change individuals. We can help change families and companies to help the well-being and happiness of their employees, which will change who they are in general. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And Jacqueline, that what a beautiful journey. And I love that this initial spark for 365 Give was in a relationship that you were creating with your three-year-old son. It was about teaching him the importance of giving back. So if that was the initial purpose of 365 Give, how has that grown and evolved over time? How would you say that that initial spark with your three-year-old son has now transformed into a global movement? And what does that mission and vision look like now? Well, the beauty of um, the internet, which we all get to use, and Google and TEDx Talks and all those great things, is we have um, now grown. We literally started with three schools in our program. Uh, And it wasn't even three whole schools. It was 13 classrooms in total. Today, we have 400 schools globally that have participated in our programs. But not only that, it's the individuals that have come to join us. It's the families that have come to join us. So it's truly that ripple effect of giving. And when you teach and you inspire that through not only what we do on our website and what we provide on our website, but how we show up in the world. And so that's the ripple effect. And, And just so everyone knows, the ripple is literally three degrees of separation. Science and, and research now proves that when you give, it goes to three degrees of separation. Um, so through our programs, our educational program, our programs for families, um, everybody across the board, um, we are able to now not only educate people on how to give 365 days worth of small acts of giving that you can do, but we also educate the heart and the mind, which is a big part of what we do. And so, you know, what we started out as is, you know, we want to change the world. We want to make the world a better, happier place for everybody. What we've now come to realize is really what we do is we help create an understanding of how to increase your physical and mental well-being, which through small acts of giving which in turn is truly the impact that we will have in the world. Because we know when we increase the physical and mental, emotional well-being of people, they actually give more. When you're happier, you give more because you're in a happier place. People that are suffering from depression, anxiety, and stress, that's where the problem lies because they don't have anything to give emotionally. And that's the big part about giving. Giving doesn't have to be a place of money. Giving is a place of heart. And it comes from your heart and it comes from your hands. And that can be something as simple as a smile, as a compliment um, of helping a neighbor, helping a coworker, creating that sense of 
um, social connection. And that's the big part of, of giving is that it creates connections between people. And that's a main pillar of well-being. So I would say that's how we've really evolved. Not only has our reach evolved and we've inspired people to get out, but our reach has really evolved in knowing what we're doing to help people at an individual level, which helps the world at large. I love that. And I love the idea that well-being, one of the foundational pillars of well-being is connection with people. So if well-being is really founded on this idea of making a connection with another person, how does happiness, making happiness a priority differ if you're talking about the dynamics in a workplace or a boardroom table as compared to creating happiness at home or around your dining room table? How do those, um, how does that manifest differently? Well, you know, when we're looking at the, some of the main pillars of well-being, social connection definitely is the first one. It's why so many people have been suffering during COVID um, and during lockdown times when they can't have that actual physical um, connection with people. Um, but some of the other ones that go along with that is your emotional well-being that go along with that um, and also your physical well-being that go along with that. So this is where giving is a really um, uh, underrated, I like to call it, an underrated um, pillar in, in the well-being process because science and research tells us that giving actually stimulates, we're going to talk about this in a little bit as well, but stimulates your happy hormone and your love hormone in your body is those right there do something called reduce your stress, which is your cortisol. And when you do that, you're starting to find more balance in your body. And the one of the biggest pieces that we know right now is that when you have too much stress in your life, stress actually makes you sick. Um, and we can get into the, all the physical parts of it, but when your stress is too high and your cortisol is running too high consistently through your life, that's when things like cancer start to happen in your body. Um, and our immune response is down, which is so important right now um, during COVID. So that's the physical part of our body that we need to, to work with. And this is for your, your, your table at work and your table at home, because what we know is that when we're at work and we're experiencing high levels of stress, we bring that home to our families. And vice versa is that our children are experiencing a very different life than you and I at our age did in our lifetime. They're exposed to so much. It's a gift and a curse all at the same time. So the expectations that are put on children from literally preschool these days, right up through higher education, the, the stress that's put on them of achievement and success and what that looks like and what it has to look like in your life. And that success is going through the traditional education ladder and getting the best grades and being the best sports player and being the president. That stress that's been putting on our kids through society and the image of what everything looks like. You and I didn't have that. We didn't have the perfect Instagram picture of what our life was supposedly supposed to look like. So the stress is coming from all areas, both our professional lives, and then it's coming in from our family lives that we're bringing this home. This is what our kids are learning from us because we're stress monkeys. And then our children are being exposed to it because of the pressures that's being put on them and trained in their brain through society of what the image of success and what they are supposed to look like in this world. So this is where we can carry some of this through 
the well-being through the workplace as leaders, and then we bring it home and it comes through our families. Well-being doesn't stop at work and then you get home and it, it, it all goes to hell. This is actually a cycle that we need to teach our children from when they're, they're younger. So they're bringing it all the way through their life. And we need to teach all the way through the cycle of our own lives and we carry it through our own lives. It's, it's not just you have well-being at home and then you go to work and you're a stress monkey. So it, it, well-being is something that carries all the way through every cycle of our life. It takes practice. It doesn't come right away, but these are being implemented more and more in the workplace, which is amazing to see. We love the new well-being programs that are coming out. We're seeing chief happiness officers in lead roles in companies. Um, but you can take what you're learning and, and those are, what's your physical well-being? What's your mental well-being? You can carry those through into your family. And, you know, a big part of that as well is, is the meaning in your life. And what we know with giving, giving creates meaning in your life. So even if you're not so happy with your job, it's not your dream job. Giving gives your life meaning and purpose outside of work. But when you can bring that into your workplace, you're creating that for your employees and you're creating meaning beyond just sitting and doing spreadsheets or doing sales calls or whatever the roles are, when you're bringing meaning and connection into the workplace, that's when employees feel attached to the company and the brands that they're working for. And they end up being your biggest cheerleaders. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, you mentioned the negative effects of stress and how that has pervasive impact on you, you know, physically as well as mentally. So let's talk about that for a second. How do our brains and body work when we make happiness a top priority? How does that actually help us increase productivity, creativity, and life longevity? Yeah. And this is for at work and this is for your children at school as well. It crosses all of those boundaries. Um, and same effect, whether you are a business leader, a business owner, whichever that is, as it does on children, which is the really neat part. And it's actually the common thread that runs through all of humanity. So it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter your race, your belief systems, anything. It's the same thing for all of us because it's part of our DNA. And the way I like to explain this to people so you can remember is it's your daily dose of happiness. And dose is an acronym that I use for myself to remember. And dose stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and your endorphins. And these are chemical reactions that ha happen both from our heart and our head and throughout our body. They're, they're a combination of neurotransmitters and hormones that run through our body. So dopamine is, that's the thing that gets you out of, the, out of bed in the morning. And let's say it's a weekend morning. Your favorite thing to do is to go skiing on a fresh snow day. You don't need an alarm. You don't need anything to get you out of bed. You're actually out of bed two hours before you need to be, and you are ready to go and climbing up the hill before the first person in the morning. That's your drive. That's what gets you going. It's also that thing that when you stand up and potentially speak in front of people, you might get an award at work. Your kids might get an award doing their sports. That's when you get that award and you just feel that high. It's that natural high feeling. Oxytocin, that's our love hormone. Um, that's the warm hug. Um, that's your first time in love, your first kiss. Oxytocin is you know, um, the part that just literally oozes love from your body. 
Next one is serotonin. Well, serotonin actually is our happy body's happiness transmitter. When you feel happiness, and that can be, and people will sometimes coin this and they'll say happiness, you know, can come from the outside world. So yes, it might be buying a new pair of shoes. And yes, it might be getting a new car or your new home. That will last for a little while, but we're talking about a little bit longer lasting happiness. So it's not just a quick hit of happiness where you buy the pair of shoes and then by the time you wear it, once it's gone, this is happiness that stays with you a little bit longer. And the last one is endorphins. Most of you have heard of the runner's high. That's the high feeling you get that keeps you going on that run or keeps you going through a workout. That's your endorphins. Well, the really cool thing about giving, no matter how small it is, is that it's the one thing that gets all four of these going in your body at the exact same time. So that's why we always say when you give, it's your daily dose of happiness. Here's the other really neat thing most people don't know. We have this really neat thing in our brains called our mirror neurons. Again, runs through every person in our world. Even when you witness somebody else giving or you see one of those videos that we watch on any social channel or on YouTube um, where you you know, see somebody doing a random act of kindness or a village comes together to pull the elephant out of the hole and saves the elephant and, and the whole family, that's your mirror neuron. So you can even witness something good happening um, or somebody giving, and you'll get stimulated by that same daily dose of happiness. So this is something in our lives that we know that even by doing the smallest things, that we can stimulate, stimulate that in our bodies. And at the same time, while all that goodness is going on, it starts to reduce your cortisol. And that's our stress hormone that we were talking about that literally makes us sick. So this covers off all the goodness that it's, while it's reducing your cortisol, it's, it's, it's increasing um, your, your heart, it's increasing your life longevity, which, you, which we talked about. They've done studies with people that, that volunteer even small amounts will outlast other people by 10 years. Um, so this is where we see that when we spend the time to give in our life and make it um, a daily habit in the lives at work and part of how we integrate a well-being program into our workplaces, and they call it corporate social responsibility programs, you get your employees involved, you get them empowered and choosing how they want to give as a group. You've got your social connection, you're reducing their stress, they love the company that they're working for because they're working for a higher purpose and meaning in their lives. And the exact same thing happens with your family, that you're working together. You've got family time together. You're committing to do things together um, that are for greater purpose of our world, which will actually bring your family closer together and make you happier and healthier. Yeah. That's beautiful. And so it's really this idea of being connected to purpose and creating simple acts of, of generosity, of kindness, of giving that seems to make the biggest impact. So, you know, connect us a little bit to the idea of impacting a business financially. You talked about being able to create a giving culture in a corporation connects employees to purpose, which helps them feel more loyal to that workplace, feel more engaged in their work, feel more intentional and purposeful in their work. But can the simple act of making happiness a priority actually impact a business financially? And then how can it carry through to the lives at home to help our children? Well, these are some of my favorite numbers um, that I love to just share with people because they're so shocked. So when you um, increase your employees' happiness, and it's actually interesting because I did a side-by-side -side study 
um, both when you're increasing and focusing on your employees' well-being and happiness, and also the time between corporate social responsibility or corporate social responsibility programs at work. And the parallels between the both are almost identical, which is amazing. So the first thing that will happen is you will start to see your employee productivity increase by 12%. And the reason for this is, is what happens is when you're focusing on happiness, well-being, giving in the workplace, it actually, actually regulates our body's system. So when we're reducing that stress and we're regulating our body's emotional system, what happens in our brain is our brains literally become more creative and they work together. So, and this is how I'm going to explain it because this works really well with your kids and how I explain it to my kids and the crossover that happens. So imagine that this is your brain and there's two parts of your brain. You've got your thinking brain at the front. You've got your emotional brain, which is on the inside, your amygdala. So when you're, both parts of your brain are working well together, this is when you're most creative. And what happens when we're on stress and anxiety and we've got too much going on in both our business world or in our family's world, you literally flip your lid. So you flip your creative thinking brain and they no longer work together anymore. So you're not working at your best because you're focusing somewhere else. You're focusing on the stress, what, what happened, what didn't happen, what's going to happen. And you're no longer, your whole brain is actually working together in tandem to be at your best, your most productive and your most creative. So when we're in a place of happiness and regulation, both at work and at home, and this goes for children at home, then everybody's working at their most productive and most creative at that point. The next one that I love, and this goes a little bit more for, for work than at the home place, um, is that you will find that your customer engagement and satisfaction and engagement with your employees will go up 14%. So if you're in a, in a business that has customer, direct customer, um, and employee engagement, what you're going to see is that happiness literally oozes out of your employee, which oozes onto your customer. Um, and, and that's the really beautiful part is that you're going to see a 14% increase with your customers, both from a purchasing purpose, um, but also from return customers coming back and back again because they've had such a positive experience. So that happiness and well-being of your employees will literally ooze right over to your customers, which starts to create that loyalty. So, and that all in turn goes over to one other thing, which you will see, and again, these are facts and figures, not something I'm making up, is a 22 increase in revenue for businesses that focus on the well-being and happiness of their employees, and that include CSR programs. Because employees are now your best marketing tool. And people don't realize this. I mean, if you've got employees that are upset and angry and not satisfied at work, they're going and telling 100 people when they leave work. But if you have employees that are engaged and happy and feel great about, they don't have to actually love the exact job that they're doing. But if they feel satisfied at work, they feel like they're part of something bigger, they're happy, they're not freaked out, stressed, that reflects on every single area of your business because we're talking about customer engagement and we're talking about productivity as well. So it goes both ways. Now, how does that go over to your family? That's engagement with your children. If you're coming home upset and angry and stressed and output and same with your kids, you lose that family connection. And that is everything. And what they know about children is that they have now been able to take a look and that the most satisfied, successful adults 
are when you are happy as a child. So if you want a successful, happy adult or grown child in your life, focus on their happiness right now, because that's emotional regulation that they carry through their lifetime. And then we tie it all back. It's full circle. They're more productive. They're more creative. They're more successful at school. They're more successful as work and as they go through their lifetime. So that's how the full circle goes around. Um, And my last little one that I like to include as well, and it's a big cost, um, especially to businesses, is what the the big number is, is that you will see a 61% decrease in your employees leaving. And one of the biggest number one costs to larger companies is when they lose employees because that turnover cost of bringing somebody else and training somebody new, et cetera, et cetera, the cost of changing over an employee is a huge expense to businesses. So this way it keeps employees wanting to be at the workplace and it reduces that cost for you and your healthcare costs at work by such a dramatic amount. So those are my fun facts and figures for you. (laughs) Those are some stunning facts and figures. I mean, stunning. 22% increase in revenue and 61% decrease in turnover. I mean, that's remarkable, Jacqueline. You certainly have a very compelling business case of why making happiness a priority and really uh, connecting to purpose by giving back is such an important priority. So I love that. Now let's switch gears a little bit and talk about leadership. And certainly through your journey, you've worked with tremendous leaders. You yourself are an incredibly inspirational leader. So along your journey, the people that have made the biggest impact on you, what's the best leadership advice that they've given you that you'd like to pass on to our audience? You know, I am probably one of my greatest mentors and some people will know this gentleman and some people won't. Um, He's a gentleman by the name of Harry Rosen and he um, happens to run one of the largest menswear, high-end menswear chains in Canada and he has in the U.S. as well. Um, I think what I, I, it's what I learned from him. You know, I was a woman um, at a time before I started all of this. Uh, I was one of the only women management um, people. I was very young. I was in my early 20s. I had become a leadership role within his company. And what he taught me was a couple of things. And one was exactly that. We had a very strong CSR program um, in our company. And it's the first thing that he taught all of us was the importance of giving back to our community through the work that we did. Um, and the other one that he really taught me as well was you know, was really customer service at the next level where you no longer just became the yes person for your customers, but you became a leader for your customers. And I'll tell a really funny story once. And I was learning, it's going to sound completely off base to what I'm doing, but I was learning how to make a custom suit, believe it or not, right from scratch, right from the measurements. And so I was tasked in front of all of the other men and all of the other male leaders to measure Harry Rosen for a custom-made suit in which he said, I want you to measure me to give me the best look possible. And so I did all the measurements for him and and everybody's having a good chuckle about it because, you know, you got to measure him around the waist and up the crotch and, and the whole deal. And I came back and I gave him the suit that I thought I should make for him. And he said, oh, no, that's right. That's wrong. You didn't get the right measurement. And I said, actually, your suit's the wrong size. It doesn't look right. And he looked at me and he said, you know, good for you for looking 
at me, not how I like something to fit, but how it's going to look best on me and making the priority, how I could be my best, take my knowledge and my skills and be my best for the people in front of me. And that's really the skill that I took with me is, is sometimes we have to really be strong about our beliefs, our skills, and how we lead people. Because sometimes people are not making the best choices for themselves. But when we can take what we know and the knowledge that we have learned and our expertise and help guide people in a gentle way um, that will feel good for them, rather than you're doing it wrong, instead, let me be of service to you. And that's the way I always show up is when I'm working with anyone is how can I be of best service to you to make you shine? And that was a lesson that as as much as it didn't come, have anything to do with with really giving, it was was that leadership point of how can I be of best service to you in what I do? I got to tell you, that leadership advice seems to be the foundation of 365 Give. And Jacqueline, I, I have to say, this was one of the most inspirational and informative conversations I could have imagined. This was incredibly rich, both in actionable insight as well as inspirational thought leadership. So thank you, Jacqueline Way, founder of 365 Give, to talk about how to bring happiness to the table from the boardroom all the way to the dining room. And I think you bridged those two environments beautifully in today's conversation. Thank you so much for sharing with us the expertise, the research, as well as the inspiration for 365 Give. I am so grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Linda. And uh, you are truly the bridge. And I'm I'm grateful to be in your circle and the women that you touch because it's how you show up every day of being of service to your community and, and the women that you serve. So you are truly the inspiration. Thank you. Thank you for joining Leadership Global, a podcast for and about unstoppable women stepping into courage, claiming their power and embracing bold leadership. Join us each week as we talk to a collection of inspirational women changing the world and tackling the most pressing issues we're facing today as women and as leaders. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.